Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Welcome to today's Control the Chaos Conversations. And we just got back from a really engaging and exciting conference, uh, the Teach Better Conference. And we met some amazing people. But I think before we kind of get started with this episode, because it reminded me that relationships matter (laughs) and that sometimes I think we get so busy in the work or the content that we think sometimes that's more important. But really at this conference, it just kept going back to that kid and meeting that kid where that kid is at. And I know sometimes that's really hard to just go back to because we've got all these other things thrown at us. That was just like really good reminder for me. Um, And then I think as well, the last keynote, he kept saying, keep on trying. And you think about different kids and you're starting to see now that that they're not trying, they're giving up. And he just kept saying like, we've got to keep on trying, even though it doesn't work out the first time or the second time, or even that third time, um, we've got to keep on trying and keep on trying to do well. Um, So those are like my two biggest takeaways. They also gave a ton of different engagement strategies to engage students. Tara, what did you take away from the Teach Better Conference? I mean, 100%, I agree with you with the pieces of motiva- uh, motivation and also just all the different strategies that we took away from every single session that I went to. I was able to take something away that I could immediately implement in the classroom. So I think that's really important that when we go to professional development, and think of it like a lesson, a lesson that we're giving our students, right? Every lesson that we cr- create, we should have students be able to take something away from it. Just like every professional learning that we go to, we want to be able to take something away with it right away. So that's how I felt like I can, I connected. I was like, if we, if we have students that walk away from our lesson and they didn't take anything away from it, then maybe what we were teaching needs to be improved, redesigns. We need to teach a little better. So that was very vital to me because who wants to go to professional learning and not have takeaways and resources? I mean, put that in student terms, who wants to go to class and not have something that they can take away from it, right? So how do we motivate our kids? How do we get them to take something away from every lesson that we teach? So that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. And with today's lesson, we're going back into that ARCS model and just going to that Teach Better conference. It reminded me that strategies or as CJ Reynolds likes to say, the added sparkle into your lesson doesn't take much. (laughs) And all you have to do is play music in the background as students are reading or do something um, silly or have a conversation or 
do just one little thing and it can spark some magic into that lesson. Um, and I think sometimes we think it, it's, it takes more work, but really it doesn't. We can make, um, he had his students that were able to sit like on the floor in a fort <laughs> to read. How easy is that? Like we've got little places under desks and things like that. Um, and this kid made it his own space, but then CJ was like, I need to redesign my room and kind of meet the needs of my students of where they're at. And I love too his strategy. He had vocab words and every year it's a different photo but he keeps the same vocab word and the definition and he changes the photo to that's something that's relevant to the students lives at that time so he's got all these different slide decks and i just love that he showed us all the different versions because it was just changing the image it wasn't changing the whole lesson every year he just goes into a slide deck deletes it updates the new um hottest theme or hottest topic that's kind of going on in society. And then his students are so engaged with how to explain how that's happening in that movie, that story, that book, um, or whatever they're kind of watching on TikTok. So I just, again, it's, it's little things that can make your lesson so magical. And so again, we're back with the ARC model of instructional design. And if this is new to you, you'll want to go back to the last episode where we just kind of gave an overview of all of the different um, mo like layouts of this model and the organization of using this model in your classroom. Yeah, I love this model, thinking about it. I mean, just who, de who designs with motivation in mind, right? We really have come to terms with, we design with the learning intention in mind versus motivation. But we know if we design with some motivation in mind, we will get to the learning intention. Like that will be integrated within the lesson that we build. So today we're going to go through and we're kind of going to design a little bit of a lesson. So if you remember correctly, we, um, and if you don't, just go back to the last episode, the steps of the model. So the first one is define. So we're looking at what the problem is and we're analyzing the motivation and then we're setting a, a goal to increase the level and the confidence by connecting them to a past or prior lesson. So that's define. Then step number two is design. We're then taking motivational strategies for each objective and we're selecting strategies. And let me tell you, there is tons and tons of strategies to work with for motivation. So we look at four different areas for the motivational strategies. We look at attention, relevance strategies, confidence strategies, and satisfaction strategies. So it would be nice if, and you don't have to, but if you pick anywhere between two or four motivational strategies per lesson, um, maybe one from different areas as you're working through those lessons. So once you have done that and you go into the development of your lesson, so that's looking at your materials. What materials are you creating that match with the motivational strategies? And then you go into evaluate. How are you evaluating your lesson? So those are the four steps. Define, design, develop, and evaluate. 
So we're going to work on just practice designing a little bit of a lesson and see what that would look like. Yeah. So first step, again, is going back to that define. So we're looking at what is the problem that is currently happening in your classroom. Um, and you're starting to kind of look over your audience attention and motivation of like, where is it at? So we have defined our area of weakness or area of struggle right now. And we are realizing that it's content with vocabulary and we have a lot of low readers and they're struggling with low confidence. Um, the motivation that we're seeing is their heads are down and many students are not completing their work, um, which again can just be really frustrating for a teacher. So that is our defining stage of, okay, here's the problem. We're laying it all out. And now we're ready to kind of design and develop a lesson. Yes, now we're going to go into those strategies that I mentioned, attention, relevance, confidence, and satisfaction. So our first one was attention. So what we pulled from attention was participation. So getting that increased participation is what we're looking for. So having that piece is using games, role plays, or simulations that require participation. So that way that student is not able to put their head down because they have to participate with whatever game or role play or simulation that you have created. So in this piece of it, we are going to add a game in here. Um, popcorn predictions, a virtual field trip, vocabulary sort. Picture this. Um, is that a choice board, Steph? Tell me about that. Yes, I'm actually doing this uh, today. And what we're going to be doing is anticipation stations, and it's prior to the reading. So again, we want to grab the students' attentions. We want them to start um, to engage in the activity and the story and get really excited about what is coming up. So First one is popcorn predictions. What happens here is students are given different quotes and they pop around the room and they share their quote. Everybody gets one quote and they share their quote with another partner. They both have different quotes. And so based on those two quotes from the story, they're trying to make a prediction about what the story is about. And then they just pop around again and they go to another partner. They get now three pieces of evidence or three different quotes and they're making another prediction. So now that they have more evidence from the story, they're now trying to decide, okay, now that I know these three quotes, what do I think this story is about? And then they pop around again to another partner um, and one more, and then they make their final prediction about what the story might be about. So again, yep. it gets students up and moving and they are able to make different predictions. I love that. That sounds yeah. like fun. Where are you doing that at today? Um, at Tollgate. Oh, that's, oh, I'm going to be there this morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So then the next one is virtual field trips. And so again, during the station, students are going to have 15 minutes at each different station. That popcorn prediction is going to be at the teacher station. So the teacher can help um, the students develop questions and to help develop their predictions. The virtual field trip, um, because the story is touching spirit bear, it takes place in Alaska. So most students um, don't know much about Alaska and they think that um, it's really warm and like all these different things that Alaska is not. 
And so then we kind of use their drawing and then we take them through a virtual field trip so they can see Alaska um, using 360 Cities. It's a website that you can go to and it has all these videos that are 360 and the students can explore uh, and start to visualize what the setting of the story looks like. And then after that is a vocab sort. So students are gonna have words that they've never seen that are in the story and they are going to sort those words into different categories um, with a group. So there's gonna be collaboration and talking about where do these different words fall into and then they're gonna use an index card to put that category on there. And then finally, it's the picture this where students are going to have all those vocabulary words and add pictures and start to kind of explore those new vocabulary words and start to see the definition with a picture and start to make those different connections. And then we can use that picture this as a game later down the road to review those vocabulary words where we actually use students work to put up on the board maybe every morning and the students have to guess what word that other student um, was trying to picture. Now, after you've done your game and you've in, used that strategy of participation and then you developed that piece. So now we're going into the design piece of relevance. So looking at the relevance piece, we want to ask students to relate the instruction to their own future goals. So that's the design piece. So we're going to then go into the develop piece. And again, that's looking at your materials. So here we're going to add a future wheel. This is kind of new. I haven't used it yet, but I'm excited to use it because as we've been studying this motivation piece, how are we connecting students to the content? How are we connecting them so they feel this is something that they're going to need in the future? So we're creating this wheel that in it has five years next year, three years, the next lesson, 10 years in a possible career. All those options are around the wheel. So then the students spin the wheel or the teacher spins the wheel within the classroom and whatever they land on, then the student will have to describe how this will be connected to their future. So if they land on next week, so they would be discussing how this content vocabulary that they're learning is going to be value to the, valuable to them next week. So that could be within the next lesson or whatever you're building upon. So we're actually just providing that little bit of a prompt for the future and having students connect themselves. And of course, if if they're struggling to connect how they could relate this, then we could add in some prompting questions and kind of guide them through, but we don't wanna give them the answers. We're having them connect those dots and make that relevance um, on their own because once they start making those connections, that'll be the biggest motivational piece that you could ask for is when they in their mind can say, Yes, I really need to learn this because in five years, in three years, next week, this is going to be a, an important part of my career, my next lesson, my success, my grade, whatever it is that how they connect, connect themselves to the content. So our design was the strategy of connecting them to their own future goals. And the development piece was 
now we've created this future wheel. How long does that take? It doesn't take long at all because you're thinking, oh my, I never have the time, right? You're expecting me to do all of this, but time, this doesn't, this takes two minutes. This is like a two minute piece of the lesson. And you can use that future wheel over and over and over again when you want to connect students to the lesson in this way. So this is not something like I'm going to create this future wheel and never going to use it again. You can use it repetitively if you need to. And it just takes about two minutes to add to your lesson and get those kids connecting. Yeah, I think that's a fun one too, just to get them to connect to different areas in their life. And um, in five years, it can be a fun way to think about that. The next one is confidence. And this is the pyramid choice board. This idea came from Eric Geist, who was at the Teach Better conference, um, who's an amazing educator that has a bunch of different ideas on using choice, voice, students, um, engagement, and all these other different strategies. So if you're not following Eric, make sure you follow him. Um, but he actually has like a pyramid that's going the right way. And so for this lesson, we're thinking about flipping it <laughs> and putting the, like one block at the bottom and then building it up. So what students might do um, with that pyramid is we're going to start to increase that difficulty. So the first level might just be something um, pretty simple to give some of that confidence that, hey, you can do this. Um, so it might be uh, read this article that goes about this or listen to this article or something like that. And then at the next level, um, we might start to have students create something based on what they learned. So based on that, they might create like a social media post or a slideshow presentation, or they might write a letter, um, depending on whatever the topic might be for your lesson. And then they're going to choose maybe two uh, or three things and they might create like a practice test or something else. But again, as that pyramid is going up, there's gonna be different activities that increase that rigor. And then you can also add some group work in there too to support those students as well. I think the whole piece of this confidence that we're trying to build in students if students fail and fail and fail, um, we don't want to see them giving up. We don't want their confidence level to go down and their motivation to continue in this lesson and put the effort in to go down. So by increasing the level of difficulty and starting with the lower level of difficulty, we build confidence early. And as we build confidence, then we can increase in rigor. And that's super important because then we're also meeting the needs of everyone in the classroom because our students that do not have the lower vocabulary in the piece, they can get through those lower level activities pretty quickly and right, go through that pyramid faster at a faster pace, and that's okay. And then the students that we are that we have that are struggling in this vocabulary piece, you know, we're creating that confidence with them, and maybe their pace is going to start off a little bit faster as well because they have something that they're going to be able to do at the beginning. And we know that if we can increase that confidence level, we're going to get more buy-in and motivation. 
So that's that important piece of confidence that we're building in our students. No student that has a low level confidence and low self-esteem than we get into are going to be that motivated to do the lessons. So confidence is a really important piece of the puzzle when we're creating our lessons. Then we get into the satisfaction piece. So thinking about satisfaction, the overall arching piece of satisfaction is we're supporting the students with um, creating that positive piece, non-contingent rewards, rewarding intrinsically, um, extrinsically. We are then avoiding kind of that um, influences that may be obstructing them from completing the task. Maybe we're scheduling something so, so that we have that intermittent reinforcement. This is, of course, because I'm a behavior person. Satisfaction is like right up my alley. There's so many ways that we can think about what that positive reinforcement would look like um, and creating that motivational intrinsic and extrinsic rewards and um piece within to the lesson. So the what what we had chose here is that we would just in the satisfaction piece, we would be giving personal attention to students and providing motivating feedback, praise, so that they can relate it exactly to like their effort and the task performance rather than getting the answer right or wrong. So if they're putting effort in, we would be praising them for the effort to support that motivation versus praising them for getting in an A, right? So think about the effort and putting the effort in and how you pra praise that. So labeling the praise specifically so if somebody was to be working really hard, but they got a C on it, you would not recognize the C if you were grading or if they were a limited because you're standards based, we would really be pra praising the like, I love how you worked so hard today. Um, and we would be praising that effort piece and using that non-contingently with the grade. Does that make sense? Yep. And I think too, when it comes to all of these strategies, this is not it. <laughs> there are lists upon lists. Um, all you have to do is probably get on social media for five minutes and you'll probably find like two or five different strategies. There are so many different ways to engage students in the content that I don't want you to think that, oh, they just list out like four different ways. Like there are so many different ways within those categories. And so we provided an article too in the show notes that you're able to review that also has some really good ideas. And so with some of the other ideas, you might do like a magic word where you have a word and the students are trying to guess what that magic word is. Again, you want to try to bring out um, their engagement and their curiosity about the topic. You could do like a which one doesn't belong, two truths and a lie. You could add movement. You could do um, a bunch of different activities to really start to engage your students. So again, we want you to know that this is not it. <laughs> and it really depends on what you're teaching. So you need to start with what am I teaching? And then think about your students as well. Okay, Are 
your students into something that you can make relate like relatable to them about this topic. Once you have that, you will be ready to develop and develop kind of goes with design. So as I'm designing, I'm also developing the material. So that's just preparing everything that you need to do. That is also um, getting the materials prepared for the lesson. So as I'm kind of planning out the lesson, I sometimes just start with like a student agenda. And as I'm designing, I'm also developing. So that way I can kind of kill two things at once. So for example, for those anticipation stations that we're doing, um, I'll have those stations up with the four different stations. And then right there, I'm able to hyperlink or post or do whatever I need to do to make sure that those four activities fall into line. Um, so you can kind of do those at the same time. And again, agendas can really help not only you, but also your students get a wide view. Okay, this is what the day is going to look like. Which then brings us to evaluation. So now we're at that final stage. We're re ready to try it out with students. <laughs> so you're going to do all of those different activities with students. And then we want to kind of watch their motivation. Did any of those strategies really work or did some of them not work? Um, also, you kind of want to evaluate with maybe exit tickets, that self-reflection, one-on-one check-ins or small group check-ins. And the last part is celebrate, which I don't think we celebrate enough in learning. Oh, 100%. <laughs> we, we miss that boat sometimes because we think, again, going back to the time as being our roadblock. So I think this is important piece because once students then get to celebrate, their confidence just keeps building and their motivation to do better and be engaged and persevere through those struggling content vocabulary, low readers, um, whatever reason they're not motivated. I mean, I have a son that's very smart, but he's not motivated for some of the content because he doesn't see value in it. So it's not even about any deficits that are keeping him from being motivated. He wants to learn what he thinks is going to be valuable in his future. So thinking about that, this, this motivation is not just for our students that are struggling and have deficits that maybe are causing them or holding them back. But this is about all kids because there are many kids that have the skills but are still not motivated. So anyway, you, this week, we, we threw a lot of things out there at you. We went through a lesson design, um, going through define, design, develop, and evaluate. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. We're always available. Um, we will put in the show notes some of the things that we talked about today and your Goal for this week is to put one piece of a motivational strategy into one of your lessons, whether it's attention, relevance, confidence, and satisfaction, and reflect and see how it increased the motivation or if it increased the motivation with your students in your classroom. So thank you for joining us today. And until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. 
We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.